Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter, that is how you get in touch with us. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That is how you can catch us. And guys... We have a big show for you today. This is our college football preview show, and it seems like college football is so far away, but no, it's this week. Here it is, right? College football is here, and college football will be brought in as it is every single year. Little drips and drabs the the first weekend, and then a little bit more, and then all of a sudden, boom, everyone's going to be playing. And we're hoping that this season everybody does overly play, right? I mean, that's what we're hoping for, that everybody gets their full season in. It's a unique year to handicap and to really look at college football. It's a unique year because we're going to be handicapping some games and some teams where guys didn't play last year. Not only players didn't play, entire teams did not play last year. That That's a, a tough spot to really take a, a glance at. Also, you have to also factor in, well, wait a minute, some teams only played half schedules, some teams played late schedules, you have coaching changes, of course you have player changes, we will get into it all. I'm going to navigate you through the waters here, this is the show to do it, going to give you those buying opportunities, little opportunities to say, okay, I'm going to take this nugget of information, I'm going to put that on the shelf, we're going to take this nugget of information, we're going to use that, we're going to use this, this is what you do. Grab a pen and paper, take some notes, and use this over the course of the season. This is our college football preview show. It's not only sitting back and going, okay, well, I like this team to win the national championship. No, we are going to break it all down, give you spots during the season where a buying opportunity from a betting mindset might actually work as well. We're going to start with the ACC conference. Let's have the conversation about it. Clemson is minus 900 to win the ACC for the seventh consecutive year, they are the favorites. They are minus 2,000 to win the Atlantic Division. So there's not a lot of faith out there that uh, losing Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and all of them are going to really hurt Clemson. That really is a an interesting spot that you lose that kind of talent. But DJ comes in, sophomore, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. I, saw, I watched all the Clemson people trying to pronounce his name. Ugalelei? Uh, Ugalelei? I'm close. I'm very close. Okay. I'll have it by the time opening day kicks off. But he is the nation's top quarterback out of high school. Class of 2020. Kid looks really, really good. And the defense, look, it's going to be very big again. Very good. Very explosive. Returns nine starters. That's pretty impressive. What I like about the Tigers, though, is that this is a team, their biggest test comes week one. Right? They start off at Georgia in a, um, a situation where maybe they could be caught off guard, maybe Georgia has a down game, but there's plenty of time to get back into the national championship picture because it's game one, and we know game one neutral field. We know not to worry about it. They get South Carolina State then at home, Georgia Tech at home, so those are two easy wins. North Carolina State in North Carolina State sometimes is a problem, shouldn't be this year, 3-0. and Boston College 4-0 at home, even though Boston College is looking to be a little bit better this year. Syracuse in Syracuse, five wins. Pittsburgh and Pitt, six wins. Florida State at home, seven wins. Louisville, 
probably be okay this year, but you're not winning that game. Eight, UConn's nine. Wake Forest is going to have a decent team this year, but they get him in Clemson. That's 10. South Carolina to finish it off. That's 11. I, I have 11 wins right there, okay? And that's not including the Georgia game. And you start to look at this and you say, yeah, well, that makes sense. The Tigers faced just one team that had a winning record in 2020. That's that's NC State, right? I mean, it's kind of a joke. Here's the thing. The team total is set at 11 for Clemson. Do not play this under. I'm dead serious. I'm not telling you necessarily play the over, but do not play the under because here's this the situation, okay? Um, if you like this, then why would you not just play Georgia? Because chances are that's your big game, right? That's the game that you're looking at. Well, they have to lose if you're going to win this under, okay, if you're playing the under. You could get Georgia plus 160 on the money line in week one. So forget about that. If you like Clemson under, just play the Georgia plus 160. You get a better return on your investment. Ta-da! That's what we do here. All right. How about the rest of the uh, the conference? Because, look, Clemson is the big boys. I have Clemson you know, winning this conference rather easily. I'm not sure I'm going to go all over the 11 wins. I think they could land right on 11. Okay? I'm certainly not going under, though. Boston College is supposed to be a better team this year. They have an interesting situation where I don't quite think they're a top 25 team, but they could take strides this year. Florida State is in a position where everyone seems to be down on them, and they are in a clear rebuild, but they do get the recruits, and they've had some good recruits there. NC State, Louisville, Syracuse, I don't expect much from any of them this year. Wake Forest is an interesting team. I've gone in-depth with Wake Forest where I do believe Wake Forest can be a surprise team this year. Wake Forest can be a team that, look, it's not going to be a team that pushes Clemson, but few teams are. That doesn't mean Wake Forest can't have a very good year, and I do think that they do have a very good year. I'm kind of buying in on them, right? They're, the offense was bad last season, but they probably had the best defense outside of Clemson in this conference. That's saying something for a, a big-time SEC, uh, ACC school to play an SEC type of game. That's big. The win total is only at seven. I get it. But they have some easy wins here. They have Old Dominion, Norfolk. These are wins, right? They're at home against Florida State. They're at home against Louisville, at home against Duke. Uh, I think they could beat Syracuse. You have an army there. You know, I think I like the over for Wake Forest. Go to the other side of it. Duke, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Virginia, VTech. All of them will be kind of clumped up. I think VTech might have a better year than people expect. But this is really a two-team race, and we're talking about Miami Hurricanes, who are 9-1 to to win the ACC, plus 130 to win the Coastal, and North Carolina, plus 850 to win the ACC, and plus 130 to win the Coastal. Let's talk about the Hurricanes. Look, they're, they're a team that people are jumping on. Everyone sort of likes what they're doing there. Miami is a team that seemingly every year gets a little bit more hype than they really should. Miami's a team that when you break it all down, I think they're kind of missing key components. And you could talk about the quarterback and say what you have there. Their defense doesn't inspire a lot to me. I think they can be picked apart. And I think they can be picked apart uh, you know, through the air if you really... Uh, take a, a look at what this team is. I have never been on Miami. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I was on Miami and thought they'd have an outstanding season. Why? Well, because the name Miami carries a little bit more in a betting circle. So the win total opens up at 8.5, right? And, and 
Look, King might not be healthy. He's coming off a torn ACL. I think King's going to be fine. I do. I think he's going to be okay. Um, the offensive line, I think, is going to be okay. Uh, you know, you look at Manny Diaz. I don't think Manny Diaz is a great coach, but I don't think he's terrible. This is a team that is okay. And setting the the number at 8.5 seems fair to me. It seems like a fair compromise of where this team should be. Now, the team that I do like in this side is the team that's now getting momentum. And it's getting a lot of buzz. I usually don't like buzz teams. This is starting to become that buzz team. And that's North Carolina. Like I said, plus 130 to win this division. They scored 42 points per game last year. Okay? Um, And they have the same quarterback coming back. Sam Howell is a legit Heisman Trophy candidate. Okay? I like Sam Howell a lot. They did lose both running backs, though. And both running backs, they didn't just lose them. It's not like they graduated. Look, they went to the NFL, okay? They lost wide receivers. They all went to the NFL. Mac Brown is a good coach, okay? He's going to get the best out of his players. And you look at the North Carolina team and you go, how good do you believe in Sam Howell? I believe in him pretty immensely, to be honest with you. So it comes down to... Mac Brown and his defense. Do you believe in his defense? Uh, Brown always has pretty good defenses put together, right? They also have 10 starters returning. That's something interesting. But you start looking at the schedule. And you go, at VTech opening night. Look, that's no layup. That's no layup game. Georgia State, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Duke all at home. Florida State at home. Miami, they get at home. Look, that's a run of you know home games that they, they should be able to conquer all of them, including Miami. Then they have to go to Notre Dame. That's tough. Wake Forest at home, at Pitt, Warford, NC State on the road. The NC State game's a tough game on the road. At Notre Dame is no layup. At Virginia Tech's no layup. And Miami. So I'm looking at North Carolina. I'm going, you know, could I see four losses here? Yeah, I kind of can. I can see four losses. So I don't love them to win this side. Now, I do think they are better than Virginia Tech. I think they will beat Virginia Tech. But again, enter Sandman in Virginia Tech, 6 p.m. start, opening night. I, there's reason for pause there, okay? But I think they win that game. Do I think they beat Miami at home? Yes, I do. It's a home game. I think they beat them. But it is still a tough Miami team. At NC State, last game of the season, I think that they win that game. But again, It is an inter-North Carolina kind of matchup. Your neighbor's next door. And then at Notre Dame, another game. A 7.30 at night game. This is at Notre Dame. It's a tough spot. Do I believe they win that game? I think they can. So while I can see a path to four losses, I have to say, you know, they're probably going to lose one or two of those games. I don't love them to win this Coastal at plus 130, but I like them a lot more than the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes have the same odds. I'm going to stay away from this side of it. To me, this is Clemson or nobody. I don't like 9-1 to with the Hurricanes. I don't love plus plus 850 with North Carolina. I believe in this Clemson defense. I can tell you what, I'm not going out there and betting minus 900 to win the ACC for the seventh consecutive season for Clemson because I'm not laying 9-1. to But if I had to, Clemson would be my play. I think Clemson is far superior. I think DJ is the quarterback of the future. He looked really good, and that defense is just going to be nightmares for teams. 
I have Clemson not only winning the ACC, but I do have Clemson going on to the college football playoff. Superior coach, very good quarterback that I am buying into, and a very good defense. Let's have a little conversation about the Big 12, because the Big 12 gets interesting this year. It really does. To me, the Big 12 is a conference that's often forgotten. Nobody really uh, gives it a lot of credit, but they are getting a lot of credit. Preseason rankings, Oklahoma's number two. Iowa State is number seven. Texas Longhorns coming at 21. You know West Virginia is going to be dangerous. TCU's dangerous. Okie State's always dangerous. Uh, Kansas State's dangerous. Baylor. Yeah, I mean, look, this conference, uh, th- there's going to be a lot to talk about. So let's quickly go over some of these here. I want to talk about Oklahoma State because Okie State's a team that seems every year to either completely outperform their number that Vegas puts up or completely underachieve. Mike Gundy is 111 and 81 against the spread in 16 years there, right? I mean, this is what he is. He dominates as a home favorite, 43 and 28 against the spread as a home favorite. In Oklahoma State, they're returning the lowest number of returning starters of any Big 12 team. One of the reasons why I'm sitting here and I'm going, yeah, I kind of think that Okie State is going to have a rough go of it this year. Now, the number for wins over under is set at 7.5. They have a top 20 toughest schedule in the country. So, Okie State not returning a lot of guys, okay? Okie State has inflated numbers when it comes to their win total. I think 7.5 is a little inflated, and they have a really tough schedule, Guys, to me, this is the Okie State year that just goes way under that. It wouldn't shock me if this team won about four or five games. I mean, I think it could get pretty ugly for Oklahoma State this year. How about uh, some of the other teams that we were talking about? TCU. TCU was returning 18 starters, 10 of their 11 on offense. That's pretty big. And that, that right there is when you look at it, you go, okay, what did TCU do last year? TCU last year started turning some heads, right? And Gary Patterson is the guy um, that you know can take somewhat mediocre talent over his 20 years and turn it into really competitive play when he has good talent and he's got that talent in their ears and he's got everything clicking. TCU is right up there to push for a national playoff. Now, I don't think that they're that quite good this year, but they have a lot of things falling for them. First of all, like I said, you return 18 starters, you have my attention. And you return 18 starters, and you start off a schedule where you have Duquesne, Cal, SMU at home, one, two, three, and then Texas at home is your fourth game. Well, we might be sitting at 4-0 and for TCU, and I know that that game against Texas on October 2nd is going to be real interesting, but TCU gets them in their home park, and that, that's huge. There you go, on the road to Texas Tech, on the road to Oklahoma, West Virginia, that's the tough part of your schedule. You ended off at K-State, Baylor, Okie State, Kansas, and then finally at Iowa State. There, Look, I'm looking at TCU and I'm saying, can they drop one to Texas? Can they drop one to Oklahoma? Can they drop one to Iowa State? They'll probably be the underdogs in all three of those games. Can they win every other game? Yeah, I think they win all of the other games on the schedule. And I believe they take one of these three. Is it Texas at home? Probably. Can they beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma or Iowa State and Iowa State? You know, I'm looking at a two-loss TCU team. That gives you a little bit of where my brain is when we're talking about this conference. Let's talk about Texas. Texas is a team that everyone's waiting to grow up. Now, I'm a Sarkeesian fan. I think he's fantastic. But they do have a new head coach. They do have a new offensive coordinator. They do have a new defensive coordinator. They do have a new special teams coach. They do have a new quarterback. Okay? But they're returning everybody else. Okay, I mean, they literally are. Outside of Sam Ellinger, who's now uh, might be the quarterback for the Colts, 
They are returning everybody from the Alamo Bowl game that was a starter. So, yes, I usually go out and I bet against coaching changes. I don't like coaching changes. I don't like coordinator changes. And I certainly don't like quarterback changes. So at the top, the main guys, the necessary guys, they're all switched. That's why I'm down on Texas. But why I'm up on Texas is because everybody else from the Alamo Bowl game is returning. You know, and you look at this Texas team and you go, look, if they can listen to the direction early on of their new people in their earpiece, I'm talking about the new guys that that are in charge, Texas can do some incredible things this year. And when I say incredible, I'm talking they could potentially be a top 10 team, could potentially push for a college football playoff. Their schedule isn't brutal. Look, Louisiana on opening night isn't a cupcake win. They're they're number 23 ranked in the country, right? Then you go to Arkansas. Again, not a cupcake. They play Rice, Texas Tech at home at TCU. Winnable game, but tough. And they got the shootout, of course, with Oklahoma. Okie State, Baylor at Iowa State. So they have to go to Iowa State. They get Oklahoma in, obviously, that that realm where it, it could go either way. Arkansas at home isn't a layup, but I think they win. Louisiana, not a layup, but they probably win that game. TCU at home, uh, you know, that that's going to be a tough game. That schedule isn't terrible for Texas, though. And they can maneuver around it. I just don't love the road games when you're really breaking down what Texas is this year. So I think being inside the top 25 is representative of where they might end up. They might end up just inside the top 25. You got to knock off one of the big boys. And the big boys here are Iowa State and Oklahoma. Iowa State, look, here we go. Under Matt Campbell, they have now won four eight-win seasons in a row. This is a team that's returning 20 starters. Every single player on offense is coming back. Every single player on offense. And Iowa State, you start to get that feeling like, here we go. Iowa State is a very good against the spread. They're 36-24 and 24 over the last five years. They are a good team to sit back and say, all right, I'm going to grab this under-the-radar team. But they come out in the preseason and rank them seven overall. That's not an under-the-radar team. This is also a team, oh, by the way, let's not overlook the fact that, look, they just cannot win early on. Matt Campbell, 7-11 in the month of September. Okay? They don't beat Iowa early, and they play Iowa early. Okay, Northern Iowa, Iowa, back-to-back games, and they go take on UNLV Baylor. I think they probably win this year, but those September landmines are there. They absolutely don't have to go anywhere that's tough until late in the year. Baylor's not a tough place right now. UNLV's not a tough place right now. K-State could always be dangerous, but Manhattan's not a tough place right now. At West Virginia, October 30th, they are the better team. They get Texas at home, and then the last two games of the season, you have to go at Oklahoma and take on TCU. I understand why people are excited about Iowa State. I think it's too tough for them to navigate. And especially when you're turning around and you're looking at their struggles in the month of September and what this guy has done in the month of September. He's a fantastic coach. He's got a lot of guys returning. It worries me. It worries me when you're turning around and you're looking at that September slate. Which leads me to Oklahoma. And for full disclosure, I have Oklahoma winning this thing. I think Oklahoma wins it pretty handedly. This 
Oklahoma team has something that they haven't had for a while, and that's a defense. Their defense allowed 21 points per game last year. That's been the best in the last six years. They have eight defensive starters coming back and pretty much the key players of that. So you're talking about Lincoln Riley, who is a tremendous head coach. You finally have a defense, and this is a fantastic defense, okay? Not a good defense. This is a fantastic defense. You look at that and you go, okay, Lincoln Riley, who in— when you look at it, he's 45 and eight straight up at Oklahoma. He's a fantastic coach. Oh, by the way, the guy that I thought you guys would all say, hey, Tom, why didn't you lead off with this? Here we go. They also have the Heisman Trophy leader right now. He is the odds-on favorite, Spencer Rattler, completing nearly 70% of his passes last year. He is leading the helm. So you have a guy that is number one right now for odds for the Heisman Trophy and Spencer Rattler. He's running the show. You have Lincoln Riley, who's got to be considered one of the top three or four best coaches in the league. He's on the sidelines, and you have a defense that finally started to look really good last year, and that's what's been separating them, oh, by the way, is their defense. This is big. Now, Lincoln Riley is in a spot where you go, what does he do? What does he do uh, in the big games? Well, against Texas, he, he averages basically 500 yards a game, and they, they've won three in a row against them. So Texas is one of those teams to kind of build the resume with, and you build the resume with a, a team like a Texas and Iowa State are going to be their biggest competition. I think Oklahoma breezes through the Big 12. I am a believer in their defense this year. I'll be taking their defense and Spencer Rattler. Look, he may not be my Heisman choice, but I understand why he's up there. Other teams to kind of take a quick glance at here, I think K-State's going to be a lot better than people give them credit for. They're returning a lot of starters. They are another team. They are well-coached. Going into Manhattan is always a tough situation. They have a very navigatable schedule. They can work around things. You look at a team like the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas is a team I am very down on. I gave it as a best bet uh, where I just they, I don't think they win a game this year. I'm not sure they beat South Dakota early on. That is their first game of the season. After that, Kansas will not win another game. And you look at Vegas sets the line, and it's one and a half. I don't think they win two games. And as a matter of fact, in some places— Kansas is down to a one spot. You're looking at their, their, look, they're not winning a game in the Big 12. Who are you beating? You're not winning a game in the Big 12, which means their other three out-of-conference games are at Coastal Carolina. Oh, you guys know how I feel about Coastal Carolina this year. And Kansas isn't going on the road and winning that game. At Duke, I don't care what you think about Duke, Kansas is not ready to go on the road and win a game. Forget about at Duke, who's a pretty solid program. So they have South Dakota in Week 1. And South Dakota in week one is kind of going to determine this Kansas uh, season if you have the one number. But go out there and hunt and hunt for that one and a half because Kansas isn't winning two games. So overall, this conference, I think it's a solid conference. I think the Big 12 is going to have a representative in the college football playoff because I think Oklahoma does get there. I think Oklahoma really does run rough shot here. You could talk to me about Iowa State. I don't think they deserve to be number seven to open up the season. I don't think they finish as a top 10 team. I don't know if they finish as a top 15 team. I'm a little bit down on Iowa State this year. Texas, look, I get them being inside the top 25. I think they have a better team this year. I like Sarkeesian. Uh, you are replacing just the quarterback, but it is 
still just the quarterback position. I think Texas winds up kind of where their preseason rank is, between 20 and 25. They can have a nice season. But this is Oklahoma's to win. I think Oklahoma is clearly the best team. But the best bet here, Kansas is not winning two games. Give me the under one and a half as my best bet out of the Big 12 Conference. College football right around the corner. Here it is. Here it is. I mean, I'm pumped up. I really, really am pumped up. This is the time where you just start to, you can almost smell the money. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about the big conferences here. We will get into everything. We talked about the ACC and the Big 12. I gave you my winners. I got Clemson coming out. I got Oklahoma coming out. A couple of good bets that I see there as well. So let's now get into the Big 10. And the Big 10 is a conference where you really look at this and you say, you, you know, you got some powerhouses, of course, but I think some teams are a little bit overranked. Number four, Ohio State, I have no problem with them being at number four. Absolutely none. Wisconsin at number 12, I really have no problem with that. I actually thought they could be a top 10 team. You start to get into Indiana, people don't realize what Indiana did last year. They're in rank 17 overall. I'm okay with that. You then start getting into Iowa at 18. I don't know if they're a top 25 team, guys. And Penn State at 19, I do not have them as a top 25 team at all. Michigan unranked, which is rough to see, but it seems appropriate. Northwestern's not ranked. Again, seemingly appropriate. I know people have big concerns about Nebraska this year, but also big hopes are coming out. Minnesota is well coached. Illinois is starting to come back. Purdue can still make a little bit of noise. Rutgers has new leadership there, guys. I don't know if the Rutgers is going to be this complete just washover um, Michigan State bad season. I think it's going to get a little bit worse there before it gets better. And Maryland, the same thing. They lost just too much talent. But let's talk about uh, you know one of these unranked teams here, and that's Michigan. Look, Michigan is a lightning rod. You look at Jim Harbaugh, he's basically 500. He's two games over 500 since he's taken back over here. This is, uh, you know, this is a situation with Michigan that you look at Jim Harbaugh, he's about 500 in the games that, that mean anything, but the games that actually matter, he's getting crushed. And that's what you look at. Michigan's always going to be a little bit overbet, by the way. He's 32 and 39 against the spread. As his, as the head coach, well, that makes some sense. You know, you look at how Michigan hasn't won a Big Ten title since 2004, and their odds come in at more than 20 to 1. It makes a lot of sense. Now, they are returning quite a few people on this team, okay? Um, and you look at Michigan and you go, I still think that Harbaugh's a good coach, but what he's shown me is that he can't win those big games at all. So when you look at Michigan, what kind of hopes do you have this year if you're Michigan? What are you really going out there and banking on? More than 20 to 1 to win this conference seems okay. But look, they have to take on Washington in week two. Washington ranks 20th in the country. They have to go to Wisconsin. They have to take on Indiana. They have to go to Penn State. Then they take on Ohio State at home. I'm telling you, if you are a Michigan fan that really wants to look at the bright side, the only real battle here on the road is Wisconsin and Penn State. And you have a shot to win both of them. But I can't get excited about Michigan until they could go out there and beat Ohio State, something that Jim Harbaugh has proven he flat out can't do. He can't do. The other uh, team that I'm going to look at here, and I think that they're overranked, but I've been down on Penn State for a while, okay? I think James Franklin right now is just, he, look, he's out over his skis. I mean, that's just the way that it is. And people are talking about, oh, you know what, they're underrated. How are they underrated? You know, okay, well, they started out 0-5 last year. They won four straight. Uh, they won four straight against teams that, that went 9-21 and combined. Right? I mean, are we kidding? So 
You went nine. Oh well, they cleaned up. Yeah, they cleaned up their their act, but because they went up against a team that went nine and twenty one, right? The defense returns only seven starters, and I know it's a bad defense. It's a terrible defense. I get it, but they're still returning seven starters. Their quarterback is not anybody I have aspirations to go out there and say I'm going to go make a bet on them, right? Yeah, and you look at their offense was okay, right? Thirty points per game, but I don't believe in Clifford as the guy. Penn State has to go and play Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa all on the road. Those are three losses. I can't see Penn State being a top 25 team. It, it, they're just not that team for me. Penn State, I'm sorry, overranked. Iowa, another team. I think they're overranked. I like Iowa, and I like Kirk Ferenz as a, as a head coach. I know he gets a lot of flack. He's consistently putting out a good team that has good defense, good fundamentals. I like him as a head coach. He's done great in 22 seasons. He's got... Oh, he's going to have about 100 wins this year all of a sudden. Oh, 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 there you go. He's a very good coach. But I don't think they're a top 20 team, okay? You look at this team and you go, okay, they battled last year. They lost their first two games by five points total, right? Uh, they won six in a row. They they looked really good last year. But the reality with Iowa is don't they always seem to be in those tough games against teams that maybe they shouldn't even be in tough games against? Iowa being ranked inside the top 20, being ranked 18th overall, is just not looking at their schedule. They start off against Indiana and at Ohio State. Now, things get easier after that, right? But they still have to go to Wisconsin later in the year. So they got to go to Northwestern after that, Nebraska after that. You know, if you get out 2-0 and you beat Indiana and at Ohio, Iowa State, okay. You know, now you're talking about a, a top 10 team. I just can't buy in that they're going to go 2-0 to start it off. That's my problem here. A lot of people were shocked that Indiana was ranked as high as they were. But look, they had a good team. Tom Allen is a good coach. 28-18 against the spread the last four years. Okay, And they're 10-1 and against the spread as a home favorite. That's, a, that's impressive. He's returning a ton of starters. right? He's only losing four players. He's returning a ton of starters here. And, and he's got a quarterback... That in Penix, he's good. He doesn't have to be great with Indiana. I think you're overlooking what Indiana really is and what they really can be if you're just kind of brushing it aside. To me, this is an Indiana team that is appropriately ranked. They should be ranked about 17. Now, do I think that they have enough to take down Ohio State in that area? No, no they don't. Look, they don't have enough. But you're comparing it again to just that team. Look, they start off on the road against Iowa. I think they win that game on the road. Then you have Idaho. You take on a tough Cincinnati game. So let's just say I'm going to give them one win, one of those losses, right? So you're 2-2 two and two after four games. you got to go to Penn State. They're a better team than Penn State. 3-2. and two. Michigan State, 4-2. and two. You're going to lose to Ohio State, 4-3. and three. At Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, Minnesota, Purdue. That's second half of the schedule. So... If you're a sports better, and obviously that's who I'm talking to here, if you're talking about sports betting, Indiana is a team that people, look, if they lose two of those first three games, which is possible, people are going to jump off of Indiana right away. Oh, they're totally overranked. They shouldn't have been anywhere near the teens. Oh, this is crazy. But, guys, look, that's a buying opportunity for us. After those first three weeks, Indiana has the talent to really turn it up in the second half of the season. So pay attention to that. If they do get off to a sluggish start, it's not the worst thing for the sports betters out there. Future's better, sure. But for us sports betters, getting off to that slow start is not terrible. I'm looking at Indiana 
I'm looking at that as a buying opportunity. Now, if they come out of the gate and they go three and zero, and they beat Iowa, uh, you know, in Iowa, and they open up some eyes there, and now they're sitting there three and zero, you're going to lose your buying opportunity, of course, sure. Uh, but I don't think that that happens. I think that they do drop one of these top first three games here. They could be in a bad position where they drop two of those first three games, and at that point, that is now a buying opportunity. All right, let's talk about the two big boys, and that's Wisconsin and Ohio State. Wisconsin is a team, year after year, I find myself falling in love with them. Year after year, I know what Wisconsin's going to give me. Big-time offensive line play, a really good running game, and ideally a good defense. That's what Wisconsin does year after year after year. Now, their schedule is beautiful this year. They only play four road games all year long. And that's impressive. They go to Illinois. That's a win at Purdue. Should be a win at Rutgers. Should be a win at Minnesota. Should be a win. Now, they do have a neutral site game against Notre Dame. That'll be a tough game for them. But you look at all their games and you're going, okay, they should be favored in every single conference game this year. Maybe every single game this year. All right, at home against Penn State, that the win in favored. Eastern Michigan favored. Michigan at home favored. Illinois, Army, Purdue, Iowa at home. Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska at Minnesota. They will be favored in every game in conference this year. And then you have Notre Dame, neutral site. Notre Dame is higher ranked, but not all by that much, right? Number nine against number twelve. So you might have the opportunity to buy Wisconsin as an underdog one game this year, but they certainly look like they have an undefeated schedule, don't they? They certainly look like that. Got to worry about their scoring. The last four games uh, there, uh, they wound up scoring in the last four games 40 points. So that's a little concern, but I think they're going to be able to fix that. And you look at Wisconsin, and you look at this schedule, the schedule falls beautifully. If you're looking for a team to go on the outside in to maybe make this college football Final Four, man, Wisconsin might be that good bet. They're sitting there at 12. I see one loss, maybe. Maybe. They could go undefeated. That brings us to Ohio State. And Ohio State is that team. Ryan Day is fantastic. We know who they are, but they did lose a lot. Now, last year was an up-and-down weird year for them because we know the Big Ten, yeah, to have Justin Fields fight for them to even play. And here we go. They are returning just five defensive starters last year. Well, that's a worry. They lose all three of their starting linebackers, a core that was kind of what they did, right? I mean, this is a problem. Their quarterback comes in with zero pass attempts. That is a problem. So they have no experience at linebacker, which this team relies upon linebackers. They have no experience at quarterback, which we know every team relies upon a quarterback. This is a weird spot for Ohio State this year where I think everyone is just putting them up there. Well, they're number four because of their pedigree. They're number four because they're Ohio State. They're number four because... Everything that you look at with Ohio State says, yeah, they're, they're going to be great. But, look, they do have to take on Oregon. I know it's at home, but they have to take on Oregon in Week 2. Week 2 with a quarterback that, you know what, has no reps under his belt. And middle linebackers, by the way, they're going to have to be chasing Oregon all over the field. The rest of their schedule gets pretty easy. They do go to Indiana, sure. Uh, they do go to Michigan, but is that really a worry? Not really. They do avoid some bad traps there. To me, look— I think Ohio State 
is a great program. I think they have a great coach. But I worry when you have a brand-new quarterback. I worry when your defense is only bringing back five guys. I worry a lot about what this Ohio State team can possibly be. I look at what they've done to uh, you know certain teams, and you look at it, and you go, okay, what is a certain spot that they could you know just destroy a team? Ohio State's been beating Michigan for a while now, better part of a decade and a half, right? They've won 15 in the last 16 years. They've beaten them eight times in a row. And I'm starting to look at what, well, they go play Michigan. They're going to be less than a two-touchdown favorite right now. That might be a spot to bet Ohio State if you're looking for those single games in this conference. But it's going to come down to, look, do you believe that Ohio State and Coach Ryan Day could turn a quarterback that has zero passing attempts into something that can beat Wisconsin? The only time they're going to match up, Ohio State and Wisconsin, will be in that championship game. And remember, Wisconsin could lose to Notre Dame, the one loss that I have, and still get to that game. Who do you like in that game? The advanced numbers say Ohio State will be about a touchdown favorite in that spot. A touchdown favorite in that spot, I'm taking Wisconsin at that point. I don't love the fact that Wisconsin can beat Ohio State straight up. I'm not going out there and making money on it right now. But I like how the year is going to play out. I like what Wisconsin is doing. I like the schedule put out in front of Wisconsin. Do I think Ohio State could eventually catch up and and probably still win this division? More than likely. They could win the division, they could win the conference, and move on to the Power Four. I just don't have it this year. This is my one small upset. I have Wisconsin representing the Big Ten. And I know that they're ranked number 12, so it's not this big upset. But I think it's an upset anytime you go against Ohio State to win this conference. I'm taking Wisconsin an easy schedule, and I just like the fact of who they're returning. Give me Wisconsin to represent the Big Ten in the Power Four. All right, guys, lots more college football right after this. This is Doc Holliday, co-host of the Believe in Rams podcast with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce, and you're listening to Warner Bet with my guy, my homie, Tom Barton. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, I know we're talking about college football, but we're always looking at college football and go, well, who's going to take over the next coach? Who's going to be the next coach at the next level? Well, I have odds on who's going to be the first coach fired in the NFL. Vic Fangio is plus 500. Mike McCarthy, 6-1. to one. Cliff Kingsbury, 7.5-1. to one. Matt Nagy, the same thing, about 7.5 or 8-1, to one, depending on where you're shopping. Zach Taylor, 8.5-1. to one. And Mike Zimmer, 9-1. to one. So college coaches, they might be opening up some jobs for you. That is what are the odds. I I will say this, though. From a betting perspective, guys, there is a clear big five in college football this year. I mean, that, that's just what it is. It's been like this for a while, but every all five of the big boys have seven to one or better odds to win the national championship. That is Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State. Okay? So you look at the big five are the big five. And the, you know, in that order... I already have Clemson going. I already have Oklahoma going. It's hard to kind of go against who's going to go to the college football playoff. 
Clemson should win their division rather rather easily, and they should win their conference rather easily. Oklahoma should win their conference pretty easily. Ohio State's the one that I got thrown off, but look, I have them losing in a championship game. I just called as, as an underdog play, right? Um, because they're going to lose to an undefeated Wisconsin team that, um, well, maybe a one-loss Wisconsin team, that you look at and they're ranked preseason number 12. That's that's my big upset. So you you can see it's the big five. By the way, number six. So those are all seven to one odds or better. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State. The number six team, Texas A&M. They come in at 33 to one. 33 to one. By the way, um, don't go venturing too far off because if you include Texas A&M as the number six team, you got to go back a while. You got to go back like decades here. When you are going out there and finding a betting number of a team that was not ranked preseason uh, by the sports bettors as the top six, meaning their odds were outside the top six. So if you want to throw Texas A&M in there, yeah, sure. But history tells you that while the conversation is always, anyone can win and just get into the college football playoff and you never know what's going to happen. Well, the answer is kind of, yeah, we do know. We do know it's going to be one of these six teams, and I'm even throwing Texas A&M out. A little preview for next hour. Um, I'm going one of these five teams is going to win that national championship. There's not great betting future odds here. There's nothing that stands out that jumps out and you go, those are great, tremendous odds. Forget about the long shots. Forget about throwing. I'm going to throw 100 bucks on it. No, no, no. Don't do that. Understand there is a clear big five teams in college football this year, and it's not likely to change anytime soon. This is our college football preview show, and we are talking about all the major conferences. Look, we got into a, a lot of them. We have the Pac-12 coming up, the SEC coming up, all the independents, and other areas that we can find good betting information. So we're going to sprinkle that out throughout the show. Make sure you take notes. This is something that you can use not only for right now, but down the road. We're going to get into it. There has been a lot of uh, a lot of talk about one team every season for nearly 30 years now has started unranked but finished the year inside the top 10, right? Only 2011 and only 2020 were the only times where a team started out and, and not inside the top 10. 29 seasons we're talking about. We're going on 30 years. So who are those teams that maybe will jump into the top 10 that, you know, you look back and you go, okay, are, are they going to be there now? It started unranked. And who are those teams? Well, let me throw a couple out at you for you. Uh, Appalachian State is one that could absolutely do some damage if you believe they could take down Coastal Carolina. They can certainly get into that top 10. They could get into the top 10 with an undefeated season. I'm not buying that, but it's a name to watch. Uh, they also play Miami, Louisiana, obviously Coastal Carolina as well. So if they go undefeated, I think they're a top 10 team. You're looking at a path to a team that could really get the helium to boost it up and get into that top 10, Appalachian State really does fit the bill. Now, you have to believe that they're going to go beat Miami, Louisiana, and Coastal Carolina. I don't see them going out there and winning against Coastal Carolina. Miami, Louisiana, probably not either. But if they do, they have the path to go from unranked to top 10, which is 
we just said happens nearly every single year for the last 30 years. That's something to pay attention to. TCU is also the other team that I I know that I was very high on them, but I want to be even higher. Look, they have everything in front of them, right? They can go beat Texas. They could beat Iowa State, but they don't have to beat both. I think one of them, and if they do both, uh, look, then just stay within the game against Oklahoma, and you're right there. So if they could beat Oklahoma— and even if they lose to Texas, Iowa State, I think you're a top 10 team. If you beat Texas, Iowa State, and then just don't get crushed by Oklahoma, I think you're that top 10 team. It looks like it's going to happen. So I'm trying to find that team. Who is that team that is unranked right now that will fit back into that top 10? It's happened all but three times in the last 30 years, guys. That is pretty big numbers. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Come on back. We have the Pac-12, the SEC talk right after this on Wagering Week. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet to the future. Bet to the future. Well, we're talking about the future. I'm talking about futures odds, and I've given you the top six teams for the futures odds. Let's go after Texas A&M, though. We then have Iowa State, who comes in at about 30-1. to Florida Gators are about 30-1. to So is LSU and Texas, all about 30-1. to Miami Hurricanes at 50-1. to North Carolina, 50-1. to Oregon is 50-1. to USC, 55-1. to Wisconsin Badgers, 55-1. to Auburn, Notre Dame, 66-1. to 80-1. to Cincinnati, Penn State, Utah, Washington, 100 to 1, Arizona State, Florida State, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, and Oklahoma State. That is Bet to the Future. It is our college football preview show, and our college football preview show brings us to the big, the bad, and the soon-to-get-bigger-and-badder SEC Conference. I know everybody's been waiting for this, so I want to go over a couple of these teams here. Um, And look, in the SEC we know what we have, right? I mean, you have the top, you have the bottom. We have Alabama's ranked number one preseason. Georgia's ranked number five. Texas A&M is ranked number six. We talked about the betting odds. Those three are one, four, and six in the betting odds as well. You also have the Florida Gators are ranked number 13, and LSU is ranked number 16. So this is another conference like the Pac-12 that has five ranked teams, except these are all top-heavy teams. You have the Kentucky Wildcats, which is a team to watch out for this year. Everyone always looks at Tennessee and says, okay, maybe they can make some noise. South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, they're going to be pulling up the rear. Arkansas, not going to have a good year, it doesn't look like. Auburn, by the way. Oh, you Auburn fans, I'll talk to you in a minute. And then Mississippi and Ole Miss, it just doesn't look like they're going to make big-time noise. But we'll get into some of those teams. Auburn, let's start off there because this is something that jumped off the table at me when you're talking about Auburn. The second-hardest strength of schedule in the entire country. That's rough, okay? They have to take on Penn State out of conference, Georgia out of the SEC East. It's going to be rough. And Look, Auburn has a good offensive line. Their offensive line last year is all the way intact coming into this year. Uh, Bo Nix is on his third offensive coordinator. That's a problem. Three offensive coordinators in three years cannot be a good thing. Uh, Look, Auburn is a team that I think that they're going to disturb people over the course of the year, right? They're going to frustrate people over the course of the year. It's not going to be an easy way to go through them, but I just can't see them doing anything big this year. Ole Miss, meanwhile... Look, Lane Kiffin, 
he's just not very good against big time schools. He's two and five against the spread against top twenty five teams. Owen seven straight up. He just doesn't beat them. Okay, and Ole Miss they're returning their offensive line, which is very good. You have a good quarterback, which is good. He's the sixth betting favorite to win the Heisman at fourteen to one odds. They're averaging just under forty points per game. Ole Miss will have an offense this year, guys. They're going to fling the ball. They're going to have an offense. Ole Miss is a team to watch to play the overs with. That's the team that I'm going with when you're talking about let's go out there and go bet on some overs. Let's talk about a team that I mentioned real quick, and that's Kentucky. And I said I think they're going to have a better year. Look, when you look at Kentucky, you have to look past are they going to be better this year, okay? Because last year... Kentucky had a brutal schedule. They were one of the top 10 hardest schedules in the entire country. They were brutal, and they had a decent year. This year, their schedule, depending on where you're looking, is into the 80s on strength. So it's a much easier schedule. They The win total is sitting there at 7. I think they can navigate it through. They've now made five straight bowl games. This is not the Kentucky that we were looking at six, seven, eight, nine years ago, right? All of a sudden, this is a pretty decent situation. Now, they're going to obviously lean on their defense, but they bring in a new offensive coordinator. He's the McVay tree, so you know that he's going to be a little bit creative. I'm looking at Kentucky, and I'm going, I think we could win some money this year on Kentucky. It's a team no one's talking about. It's a team nobody wants to pay attention to. But it's a team that I'm going, you know, I think they're getting a little disrespected right now. How about LSU? Speaking of disrespect, a lot of LSU people think that they are getting disrespected. They're returning nine starters on offense, nine starters on defense. That helps out right there. And you look at LSU, their defense last year, just bad. Okay, we're used to these dominant defenses, the LSU, the Tigers. Oh, boy, you can't beat them. 35 points per game. They bring in a new defensive coordinator. So we'll see how quickly that can happen, okay? What we do know is that their offensive line is going to be good. Their offense looks like it's got a lot of guys in place to be good. they got to get that defense back up to snuff. By the way, Coach O, we all know, we love him, right? you got to love Coach O. That was my Coach O impersonation. By the way, it was... Nailed it. He's 7-0 and against the spread as a road underdog in this spot. I mean, you got to like him. So LSU is a team, another one. Do I think that they are you know, flying under the radar? No, they're ranked number 16. There's no flying under the radar if you're ranked number 16. Where are they going to be a road underdog this year? That's what I start to look at. Well, there's only one game that they will be a definite road underdog because I think Mississippi, Mississippi State, they'll probably be a favorite in both of those games. Kentucky, they'll be a favorite. UCLA, they'll be a favorite at Alabama. November 6th, and he's 7-0 and against the spread. Circle that one. All right, let's move on. How about Florida? Florida, not returning a lot of guys. A lot of people just expecting that Florida kind of bump up there. Look, I don't love this Florida team. They have three SEC home games this year. Their schedule gets a little bit brutal. They're a team that I think is getting a little overrated for what they did last year. People are expecting a next step up, and I just don't see that next step up here, guys. It's not a team that I'm looking at in any in any way other than going, I think I'm fading them and fading them early. All right, let's look at a team that if they were in any other conference in America, we'd be going, yeah, they're probably going to the Final Four, except they have the six best odds at 33 to 1 odds, and that is Texas A&M. Jimbo keeps saying he's ready to take on Saban. He goes, we're ready to take him down. And Saban goes, in what, golf? I mean, 
Come on. Jimbo, to me, is an overrated coach, but he's got the numbers. 23-13 and 13 against the spread the last three years at Texas A&M shows that you could bet on him, and people are betting on Texas A&M. They have a very easy schedule. Their win total is 9.5. I am going to go out there and say they will be favored in just about every single game this year. That is a hard thing to say, and this is why they came in at preseason rank number 6. Find me the game where Texas A&M is just kind of up against it. You can't find it on their schedule. So Texas A&M, they may falter come later on in the year, but this is a position where I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, Texas A&M, you have an easy schedule, but you're also missing four of your five offensive linemen. That's a problem. Let's go to Georgia. Always seeming the bridesmaids are the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, JT Daniels takes over. I like him, man. I'm a big JT Daniels quarterback guy. This is someone that I look at and I go, he really improved this offense. He improved this offense eight points per game from the moment he took over. He is in the Heisman running, depending on where you're looking, what odds you're looking at. He's about 7-1 to one to win the Heisman. So there's a lot of hype following him. Kirby Smart, we know that he's uh, that guy that he can bring a, a good vibe to a team, but can he bring a championship? Georgia is actually a bigger favorite to win their division than Alabama is to win theirs, okay? But Georgia is in a position where everyone goes, okay, everything goes through Alabama, and they're going to have to take on Alabama. I like JT Daniels, though. I like Kirby Smart, though. And Georgia is kind of that team that I think, you know, people are maybe not looking at as a serious contender, and you really need to be. Now we go on to Alabama. I'm going to be down on Alabama this season, guys. Now, this is not to say they should not be the favorite. They should be ranked number one overall, and they should be the biggest betting favorite out there. I get it. But Alabama is only returning three players on offense from last year. So over the last couple of years, they've lost that star quarterback. They lost their Mac Joneses. They lost their uh, Smiths. They've lost Jerry Judas. I mean, they've lost a ton. They lost their running backs. Some years you could kind of replenish that. This is rough. This is a rough stretch. Now, I'm not saying that Alabama's going to go out there and they're going to lose against teams that they shouldn't be. They've won 98 straight games against unranked teams. That's not happening, okay? They've been favored in 80 straight regular season games, and they are projected by lines makers right now to be favored in every single one of their 12 games right now. It's going to be going into 92 straight. That's insane. Nick Saban is a guy that you just can't bet against, okay? So you look at Alabama, you're starting to say, can they win the championship? Well, Nick Saban's only won the championship in back-to-back seasons once, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but it is true. He's only done it once, and they are the favorites to go out there and win this thing again. Who's going to knock them off starts to become the question. If you don't believe that they're going to win the SEC, who knocks them off? Well, let's look at the other side of this thing. Look, I think Georgia is is the team by far. Do I think Kentucky is not going to have a nice little year? Yeah, but they're no Georgia level. And I just told you, I think Florida is probably outside the top 25. They lost too much there. I don't like when teams lose offensive linemen at all. Georgia's coming out. So if I have Alabama coming out, and I do think Alabama will navigate past Texas A&M, and I do think that Alabama won't have that difficult time without an LSU team. So I do have Alabama coming out. Alabama against Georgia starts to become the conversation. Now, I just told you, I like JT Daniels. I like him more than what Alabama is throwing together because they only have three returning starters on offense. I like Kirby Smart. Obviously, I like Saban more. So this is all about do I believe that Georgia can turn around and slay the dragon that is Nick Saban in Alabama? I'm here to tell you guys, this year, 
I am. I do think that Georgia is the team to get past them this season. I I like Daniels. And to me, every time that Alabama has struggled, any time that they've ever struggled, which they don't have a lot of struggles in the last 15, 20 years or so, it has been against a quarterback that just comes in and does ridiculous things. Johnny Manziel beat them. Yeah, look, say what you want about him. He was having that kind of year. Cam Newton beat it, beat them. When they are beat, uh, Deshaun Watson did it multiple times. When they are beaten and when they are that team that maybe you don't have that great season or maybe it's that year you don't win the national championship or maybe it's the year that you don't go to the national championship, when it's that kind of year for Alabama, you always look back and you look at that quarterback. That quarterback that played to that exceedingly insane level, maybe Heisman Trophy level, and that's what's beaten Alabama during the Saban reign. So the one guy that is out there, to me, that is in the SEC that could do that, oh, by the way, he's one of the top three favorites for the Heisman, and that's Mr. Daniels. So... I am a big fan of Daniels. I would not be betting on this unless they had that secure quarterback that I absolutely loved. I don't know if there's enough value here for me to take Georgia. I don't know about that. I don't know if there's enough value for me to go against Alabama really should be the conversation. But if you're asking me where I like and what what kind of where is the area that I'm going to take a shot at, this could be it. This could be the year, and I'm saying that it is the year. So I have Georgia Bulldogs coming out of the SEC. We do have the Fantasy Focus segment, which I want to touch on, and I want to just touch on this because I think it's getting a little underappreciated just how good the Brewers' starting pitching is. And this week, we had them starting this week, and uh, you know some pretty big games are coming up. I want to ask the question here are they underrated and I think that the answer is yes look I think it's it's just out there that Burns and Woodruff are the best one two in baseball I don't know if anyone's arguing that I don't know if anybody could even really put up a good argument against that if you're talking about Walker Bueller and Kershaw or Kershaw's been injured I mean look this is a Giolito and Rodon I know people are going to throw some out there this is the best one two punch in baseball and I'll take it one further and tell you I think it's the best one two three punch in baseball when you include Freddie Peralta so the Brewers have the best one two three fantasy circles still haven't bought in as much as they should at least in my opinion Coming into this week, uh, Corbin Burns, 180 innings pitch, and this is, you know, since the start of 2020. 180 innings pitch, 2.19 ERA, 0.96 whip. Woodruff, 214 innings pitch, 2.48 ERA, 0.93 whip. That's incredible, guys. That is incredible. 6.3, 6.2 uh, percentage of walk percentage, K percentage is above 30 for both of them. We're talking about 250, 260 strikeouts. And then you go to Freddie Peralta, who has the lowest batting average against in the majors this year at 1.41, 162 strikeouts. This guy just adds that to it. So if you really want to turn around and you want to have that conversation, okay, about one, two, three, they should be treated as one, two, three. Except Burns and Woodruff are not treated like Coles of the world, like the DeGroms of the world. So I started to put together a list. I said, okay, who am I taking over them next year? Am I taking a guy like a Max Scherzer over them next year? My answer is no. Not at his age. I'm not doing it. So I came up with four players four pitchers I would be taking over them. Because, look, 
Chris Sale coming back from injury. I'm not fully bought into Musgrove. Kershaw, we talked about it. Darvish has great starts and then not. Flaherty's coming back from an injury. Nolo hasn't been the same this year. Strasburg, not, not buying into it. So you start to think about who's that guy, okay? Who's that guy that really can turn around and upend these guys? You have Walker Bueller. Okay, I understand Bueller's numbers. They're there. Very potentially, you sit back and you have a Walker Bueller conversation. But generally speaking, I think I'm taking Burns and Woodruff over him. You have Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is a big dude. He's a horse out there. I worry about his age. I know he's going to get the wins on the White Sox, and he's been fantastic. If you take Lance Lynn over him, I'm okay with that. I think I'm leaning towards Burns specifically and then Woodruff. And then you look at, like I said, DeGrom and Cole. Now, Jacob DeGrom is going to be 34 years old. He's going to be coming off of an arm injury. Do you go in on Jacob DeGrom next year? I think most people will. Or do I go with a Burns or a Woodruff? You know, I think I have to go with Corbin Burns. So outside of Garrett Cole, and guess what? There could be an argument made for Garrett Cole. We might be able to argue that Corbin Burns should be the number two pitcher off the board. You might say that Woodruff could be number three. And Corbin Burns, home runs per nine is 0.37. It's almost twice as low as the next qualified pitcher, which is Nate Valdi at 0.67. It's unbelievable. So I know that we try to I try to give people a little insight on some of these players, and the fantasy focus should be somebody you should go acquire. But I'm still seeing, in my opinion, the second and third or the second and fourth, two top five ace-like pitchers getting a little disrespected when we're talking about their place into what they are this year and what they'll be next year. So that's our fantasy focus. All right, real quick, I just want to touch on a couple of teams here. I have talked about at nauseum how much I love Coastal Carolina. They're returning 19 or 20 starters, depending on if you really believe that uh, that guy's a starter, and I do. So I'm saying they're returning 20 starters. I believe that they have a navigatable schedule where they will absolutely go undefeated this year. I am big on Coastal Carolina. Unfortunately, I think they are left out of the college football playoff. That is a tough spot. Cincinnati Bearcats, the regular season total is set up 10. I think, look, to me, this is a spot where Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina both might run the table. They both might be outside looking in at the top four teams. To me, they're they're, they're probably going to go to 13-0. They're going to get the AAC Conference title. I know there's a little pushback, but if they go 12-1 and and win another ACC title— they, look, well, the rest of us could say it's a great year. They're not going to feel like that, right? They're not going to feel like that. UCF is pretty good in that conference. I get that. Tulane is dangerous in that conference. But they miss Memphis. They miss Houston. Uh, to me, this is an undefeated team. So I have two teams in America going undefeated that I don't have sniffing a national championship just because of the way that it's all set up. Notre Dame is another team that we I want to touch on real quick because Notre Dame is a team that a lot of people like. The total set at nine. Their schedule is just brutal. You could tell me they don't have to deal with Clemson, right? But they have to take on Cincinnati. They don't have to deal with Miami, but they go to Chicago to face Wisconsin in a game. All right. I, I mean, Florida State, I think, is going to play a little bit better than they think. I'm sorry. North Carolina could be a problem. North Carolina uh, is is one of those games where I think we're going to determine who Notre Dame is. Notre Dame will be a good team this year, but the Notre Dame schedule is just flat out 
brutal, guys. It's brutal, and that's why I didn't want to spend too much time on it. I talked to you guys uh, about the Mountain West. I do think that there are some buying opportunities there. Sunbelt, it looks like it's Louisiana uh, and Coastal Carolina up against maybe an Appalachian state, but Coastal Carolina, to me, is just going to run ramshot. I, I am really, really high on them. The MAC Conference... We don't really get those midweek games. Maybe they'll start coming back. The MAC conference this year, kind of up in the air. Toledo might be the offensive uh, team that you go, oh, okay, well, you could have a little fun with them. Remember, Solich retired out of Ohio. Keep that in mind when you're out there making some bets on them. Conference USA. Florida Atlantic is my team this year. I think Florida Atlantic under Willie Taggart is finally going to start to come into their own. I like what they're doing there. I like the recruiting, so that's their team. And then the AAC, I think it's Cincinnati. I do believe that they go undefeated. So where I'm looking at uh, the teams right now, I have Clemson winning the ACC going. I have Georgia winning the SEC going. Um, And then you have who's going to kind of be left out. Okay, I don't have a team coming from the Pac-12. I do think that they're going to be kind of sitting on their hands and they're going to be left out. So to me, it's Clemson. To me, it's Georgia. To me, it's Oklahoma. And I need that one more in there. I put Wisconsin in. I did. So that's the four teams that I have going to the college football playoff. I think I'm going to be screaming, ranting, and rating because I believe that Coastal Carolina should have been in here. I think that Coastal Carolina is that team that absolutely needed to get a little bit more recognition than they are getting. And that's a problem for me, especially with, you go, you know, Cincinnati also. A Cincinnati-Coastal Carolina game would be great. It's a cool bowl game, two undefeated teams, but it's just another one of those positions where you just feel uneasy that two undefeated teams very well may be on the outside looking in. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So I don't have them going to the Final Four. I don't have Alabama going to the Final Four. But I do have two unbeaten teams outside the Final Four. Now, do I think Wisconsin goes unbeaten? Most likely they do, but I'm going to hand them a loss. Do I believe Clemson goes unbeaten? Most likely they do. Uh, Do I think that Georgia goes unbeaten? I think that they get tripped up along the way, so I'm not going to say unbeaten for them. So Clemson, and then I said Oklahoma. Clemson, Oklahoma probably go undefeated, and and I think that I could squeeze out of Wisconsin, although I'm I'm a little iffy about that. I'm going to say Wisconsin doesn't. For the sake of argument, I'm going to say there's four undefeated teams— not argument. For the sake of chaos, let's say. I'm going to say there's going to be four undefeated teams in the country this year. I'll go Clemson. I'll go Oklahoma. I'll go Coastal Carolina. And I'll go Cincinnati. Except those are not the four teams that are going to play for the national championship. We know that. All right, let's take a quick look at the Heisman odds. I mentioned them over the course of the show. So I want to tell you where we're sitting here. Spencer Rattler is 11 to 2. DJ out of Clemson about 7 or 8 to 1. Bryce Young is about 9 to 1 out of Alabama. JT Daniels 7 or 8 to 1 depending on where you're looking. CJ Stroud who's taken over for Ohio State's 10 to 1. Sam Howell, pretty good odds. You could get him at 15 to 1 in some spots. I'm looking at 12 to 1. Uh Derek King, Miami 18 to 1. Slovis out of UFC, uh, USC. Look, if you think USC is going to have a good year, that's a pretty good bet at 20 to 1. That's not terrible. Matt Corral, Ole Miss 20 to 1. Robinson out of Texas is 25 to 1. Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State. Again, if you think Arizona State has a chance to win, 30 to 1 odds. He's gonna be that's a big one. Emory Jones, 30 to 1 out of Florida. Brock Purdy, Iowa State. I don't believe in Purdy. I said this on my show a couple of times. I don't believe in him. He's got 35 to 1 odds. I think that's a little crazy. 
Brees Hall, 40-1 to out of Iowa State. The guy that I am absolutely rooting for to just do massive things this year is Mackenzie Milton, Florida State, 40-1. to Not because I'm a Florida State guy, because of the devastating injury he had at UCF, so he's trying to build, rebuild it. Cunningham out of Louisville is 50-1. to Clifford Penn State, 50-1. to Brian Robinson out of Alabama is 50-1. to So that is the Heisman odds. I'm looking at a couple of buying opportunities. This is more of, you know, do you want to take a shot at someone uh, because you think the team is going to be good? Are you buying into Slovis at USC? That's kind of the question. I didn't believe in Rattler. I don't know if DJ and Clemson's going to really win it. Bryce Young in Alabama certainly has the talent, but he's coming back with just three starters on offense. That's a worry. Same thing with Stroud. Brand new, never took a snap. That worries me. JT Daniels is a guy I'm high on. If Georgia could upend Alabama, I think JT Daniels probably wins this thing. He's got to put up the numbers, but the Alabama game is really just so important. I hate to bet on a guy strictly on one game. If you're giving me 15 to 1 odds on Sam Howell, and I've seen him as low as 12, if you give me 12 or 15 to 1 odds on Sam Howell, I almost have to take that shot because his success isn't necessarily tied to North Carolina. North Carolina could lose a game or two, but his numbers could be eye-popping enough. And if they do go out there and beat a Notre Dame, and he has a big game on the national stage against the Fighting Irish, Sam Howell can return this even if his team isn't number one. Now, you're looking at guys like Rattler and Young, and, and you're looking at those guys because their team and their team success is so tied into them going and being that guy. I understand it's rare to see a player not in the Final Four and a team with his team and not in the Final Four, but he's getting some odds back. Sam Howell might be able to break that mold this year. He might be that rare exception of a guy who's, whose team is maybe ranked 12 or 13, but his eye-popping numbers just brings home the, this award. This is an award that people vote on, so it matters what you do in the big time, and what you do in the big time matters a lot when you're talking about will you beat Notre Dame on the big stage. I think that'll go a lot for Sam Howell and his Heisman odds. You could almost start count down, counting down the hours. Right? When do you start counting down the hours to like something, to like a vacation or something? Is it a week out? I think it's like a week out. I know my niece always keeps on her phone. She's like crazy about Christmas, and she's got like a countdown in like August when Christmas is coming. But I think like a week out, you can start counting down the hours. So here's my best bet. And I'm giving you my best bet, and I'm giving it to you in the form of, this is who I think is going to win the national championship. So I already told you I like Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati go undefeated. I told you my four teams in the college football playoff, okay? I do think that Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Clemson, yeah, they, they, they're all very good teams. When you're turning around, you got your four teams in the college football playoffs, including Georgia, who is my upset. But who is going to come out on top? I am a firm believer that Oklahoma is set up for that success this year. You can get them at a 6-1 to one number, and that is my best bet. I'm taking the Oklahoma Sooners to win it all this year. Look, their coach, I have 100% confidence in Lincoln Riley. There's just nobody to, out there, to me, that is anywhere close to him in the Big 12. Then you look at the Big 12 schedule, I think Oklahoma's going to clean up. I love the fact that Spencer Rattler is a Heisman favorite. He doesn't need to win the Heisman for me to win this. Just be a favorite. I love that they have a good guy, number one in command there. We, we know when Lincoln Riley gets his hands on a quarterback, what happens there. 
and he's finally got a defense. And this defense is something I think is massively underrated. The Oklahoma Sooners defense can take down a young kid like, oh, by the way, Clemson's going to have in the playoff. Alabama would have in the playoff. You look at Wisconsin, what they would bring to the table, even what Ohio State would bring to the table. The one matchup that I think could be very interesting would be Daniels against Spencer Rattler, but I'll take the Oklahoma Sooners defense. Give me the Sooners to win it all at 6-1 to one odds as my best bet. All right, guys, that is going to do it for me. I'll tell you, college football is right around the bend. Enjoy the season, and make sure you took good notes on this show. I'm Tom Bard for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.